When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Big Apple Hockey, where we have got a stuff show today with a precursor with training camp starting next week. God, thank God hockey is coming back because as all of us baseball fans know, it has not been a good year for New York. I, of course, am your host, the the well-hard-worked Mark Williams, and joined by the man who will be bringing back the final buzzer soon, Mr. John Volkowski. Summer needs to go away. That's all I have to say. It does, and it is it is just not letting us go away in any way. I, I just what is it today? Is it like 110 degrees today, Philk? It's like 90 something. <laughs> and it's just uh, please, just I, I you know what? I, I I just want a good day to go golfing tomorrow. That's 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 all I want. And in a moment, I'm going to be introducing Anthony as we're going to be buying some more time as uh as uh, he's just coming right on. Just, uh, I mean, a week away from training camp, Philk, and, you know, I didn't think there was going to be much news to report today. And then, bam, like two big stories that just hit us right now. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where we're going to be going to the A block in a moment. Make sure, by the way, everybody, I haven't done this enough to whore ourselves out. Make sure you like, subscribe, and hit the bell for us on YouTube or just smash that heart button in the bottom because we could always use the support. Uh, I still don't know how videos with two likes get 2,000 views, but whatever. Uh, we're gonna, we'll work our way up there. Um, but I'm actually just going to go ahead with the A block, Philk. Mm -hmm. So... We're going to start with the A block today. We got a lot of stuff. We're going to be doing another take your pick segment. But I uh, got to tell you, Phil, a little bit of a shocker today. The Athletic put out uh, their rankings for NHL front offices. They ranked the Rangers at 26th and the Islanders at 32. This is based upon polls of the fan bases. This isn't the Athletic's opinion. This is just polling the fan bases. Uh, but, Philk, does the Athletic article get it right here? I don't know if it can really get it right. You're, you're basing fan bases uh, and their confidence. I, I, it just, I don't know. I would put the Rangers middle of the pack 
I wouldn't put them at, I wouldn't put them towards the bottom. I wouldn't put them at the top either. I mean, Chris Drury's done an okay job, but I mean, there's still definitely, it still leaves to be a lot to be desired. But uh, again, we've gone over this kind of ad nauseum, but Jeff Gordon really left him with a mess. He gave him some bad contracts in the likes of Jacob Truba. Chris Kreider's contract was questionable at the time, considering his age and the direction that the team seemed to want it to go in. Uh, I mean, Artemi Panarin was brought along to kind of speed forward a rebuild. But, I, I, I mean, looking back on it, that may not have been the best move for the team, even though he's been great for them. Uh, I, I just – I don't know how you can really say a lot about Chris Drury – you know, uh, uh, so far in terms of like a lot of bad, I should say, about Chris Drury. I mean, his trade deadline was really good. I mean, he made, he made moves and, and got pieces without giving up a lot. So I, I will say that Drury's done a pretty decent job. It's just, you know, the players that he got at the deadline didn't really give him the results that he wanted and the team didn't show up. And I, I blame a lot of that on coaching. I mean, the, the coach really wasn't the guy, as we found out here too. And I mean, he didn't he didn't make things worse, as Mike said. But I'll tell you right now, uh, it, he didn't do a lot to hurt the team. I think he's done a decent amount to help. It, I mean, if if and here's another thing: if Wheeler puts up fifty to sixty points, Drury looks like an absolute genius making mm-hmm. that move. What if Gustafson comes in and puts up thirty-five to forty points? Looks like a genius for that. So, I mean, I like what he did this offseason, considering that he didn't have a lot of space to work with cap-wise. He got his guys back. He he brought in depth at very cheap prices, and it's considerable depth that'll help. I mean, now you just got to wait for someone like Jacob Truba after this season. You could probably move him and get rid of that $8 million contract or at least a good portion of it. I mean, uh, I'm I'm getting to just show this to you right now. Uh, they're ranked 25. Oh, I'm sorry. So it's actually 25th, not 26th. So let me correct that one. But they're it, it's questionable on some of these decisions because one of the ones that they put up there, Phil, they got the Pittsburgh Penguins at 10. You got to be kidding me. And let's get right to it. NHL front office rankings. Here is the athletics uh, rankings. And they say for the New York Rangers, they have uh, it's a a D a D plus in roster building, a D in cap management, a D minus in draft and development, a C in tra- a C in trading, a C plus in free agency, a D plus in vision, and it's overall a D. Okay, and um, as far as like the rest of the public goes, they rated the Rangers much better in a lot of ways. Look, if you want to get on drafting and development, absolutely you could get on drafting and development. Yeah. You want to uh, yeah. don't get me on the roster building. The roster building is is it's at least a C. I'm not going to say that it's the most perfect roster. This might be a step backwards to move forwards. And cap management, I think Drury's done pretty good given the cap situations as you said before. Jacob Schrub is an albatross of a contract. And then you had other contracts. You had to re-sign Mika's advantage ad to a big deal. You had to, um, yeah, they're like political exit polls. Yeah, I got to agree with some of these. And and look, as far as vision goes, yeah, I agree with them somewhat on this on D+, because you don't know what it is. 
But free agency, they're better than a C plus. They didn't overextend. And uh, Everest is saying, I think Drury is in over his head. Gordon didn't help him, but look what Fitzgerald is doing across the river. Fitzgerald had no handcuffs. He yeah. had zero no, handcuffs to deal not. with. And it's you know not what? Fair to make that comparison. And you know what? Tom Fitzgerald, he got he has two number one overall picks, and a a, a, a number two, and like a bunch of top ten picks. Okay, great. But now, I mean, you look at what he's doing right now. He had the team to build. He didn't have to start with crap contracts, as in Chris Drury having to deal. Once again, we're going to go right back to Jacob Truba. Now, you mentioned Chris Kreider's contract, Philk. I think, actually, Kreider might have outperformed that contract. And it's, uh, yeah, it's it, you could yeah, free up $6 million. Uh, What I was saying was that it was questionable to give him that contract at the time, considering that the direction the organization was going in. That's, that is pretty true uh, and, and fair, because they were going to deal him to Colorado before that. Yes. So... That right there is the New York Rangers who were having their troubles. I mean, trading, the the fan, the fan the public gave them a better grade than the fans did. And look, the fans have been harsh on him for this. I'll go right back to Patrick Kane last year. They got Patrick Kane, Vladimir Tarasenko. They gave up one first-round draft pick. That was it. I'm okay with that. Anthony, yeah. did the Athletic get this right? And the Athletic poll, I should say, get this right. Not the Athletic. Oh, I like uh, it was uh, fan-driven. I mean, although there was public column and then there was a fan column, but so I don't know if it's fair to say did they get it right. Um, it's obvious though that you know the fan bases of both New York teams um, were pretty harsh on their respective front offices. Um, I mean, the Rangers had D's across the board uh, with a C or two. So, um, and the Islanders, the Islanders wasn't so much better. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think. I think it's just New York sports fans are, you know, they're harsh. They're harsh, and, you know, they expect a lot out of you. Um, and, you know, so there it is what it is there. I mean, Phil, so do, do you think the grade improves if they do this again next year? Or you look at it a year now, a, a year later, or it, it does depends. it get worse? It, it depends. And I, I think it's actually a good point here from Stephen. Um, it, it comes around, you know, to – from the previous regime too. I, I just think that there's a lot of negative energy that carries over. I think people are still judging him based off of the Butch Nevich trade as well. That's another thing. People are still harping over that trade. You look on Twitter, there are people who still cry over that trade. They cry over that trade, but they don't know how much they would pay Butch Nevich. How do you fit him under this cap structure? And and then, but then they would cry that Lafreniere and Kako aren't getting any playing time on top of that. So That's make up your mind. Right. It's got to go one way or another. And the worst part is the New York Rangers haven't made up their mind either. No, you know, you're right. And that's what I was going to say. It, 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 it either would have been Lafreniere and Kako or it would have been Butch Navich. Because where the hell is – Lafreniere is not even going to play in the top six on left side more than likely. He's likely going to have to shift to the right if they give him top six minutes this year. Because for some reason this club – even though he's not great at even strength, won't move Chris Kreider down the line three at even strength. They won't. They won't do it. And I don't understand why, but they won't do it. But again, I liked his game with Vinny Trocek last year. So did I. I thought that was a good third line. I thought it was good to spread the depth out. 
But again, I, I, I that could change next year. I mean, it depends on what Drury does this year. It depends on how far the Rangers go this year. It's a, it's almost a sports are. What have you done for me lately? Look at the New York Yankees. New York Yankees won five titles between 1996 and 2009. No other team, maybe aside from the Boston Red Sox, comes close to that. San Francisco Giants, what did they win? Three in the, in the early 2010s? Uh, yeah, three of them. 10, 12, and 14? Yeah, they were in like uh, 10, 12, and 14. Yeah, 10, 12, it was every other year for those. They were like the LA Kings of baseball. Or the Chicago Blackhawks, yeah. But they won those three titles. But it's it's just, it, what have you done for me lately? And the Rangers getting bounced out of the playoffs by a team that they should have beaten in the New Jersey Devils was a, a big problem. And a lot of people looked at this, this regime and said, hey, you know what? They didn't handle the coach right. They didn't handle the players right. They didn't get the right players at the deadline. So now there's a stain on it. That's why. So yes, if, if things are if things go differently this year, then that's going to go from like a, a C minus D plus to a B minus A plus. Well, I mean, we're going to get right to the other team that's getting lambasted right here. But Phil, I'm not going to get too far off topic. There's a certain GM in New York on the in the Bronx that needs to go. It's it's a, it's about time. It's been 25 years and it's been 14 years since his team was in a world series. So that's just it on that one. Um, Anthony, we're going to go to the Islanders and going right back to them. The, the fans much, uh, much more harsh with this and the public, all D minuses or D's and only a C minus on a trade. I think Lou is getting judged on fairly here. Yeah. Um, do I have an echo anymore? I saw a comment that said that there was a crazy echo on me. Is there a crazy echo? I don't hear one. No, you sound a little silenced, though. Oh, because I played around with it when I saw a comment and I didn't realize it. So is it is it you could hear me or no? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, we can hear you fine. Yeah. Oh, all right then. All right. Um, you know, I I think uh, I think it's a matter of the Islander fans. Thanks, Gun Two. Um. You know what? You know, when you look at the the big scope of things here with the Islanders and Lou Lamorello is, you know, he changed he changed the way the organization is viewed in terms of professionalism, you know, how they're run. Um, he's one of the most respected, you know, executives there is. Um, obviously, when he retires, he's a Hall of Famer, all that. Um, so I think Islander fans need to be a little more grateful for Lou Lamorello. Um, you know, if you look at it, they missed the playoffs once in his tenure, and that was a COVID year with a new building, new arena. So, you know, when you look at it like that, and then you see the grades he got, you could kind of say, you know, that, you know, that's unwarranted. It's a little harsh. But then when you dive in deeper, yes, he's made questionable decisions with his trades um, and whatnot. There's, there's certainly no denying that. Obviously, you know, trading Devontae's for two seconds, that, you know, that kind of screwed him a little bit, um, but they, you know, were in a cap situation and he had to move guys. And then, you know, you move Letty the following year, um, again, cap space related, but those are two good defensemen. Um, so he's had to make some moves that obviously in the long, in the wrong run didn't really necessarily pan out. And I get all that. And I agree to it. I mean, hell, I, I've even questioned Lou Lamorello before and it's probably got us in hot water with him and axing a Romanoff, uh, 
partnership deal, but um, in, ta- in regards to not really talking highly of him. So I, I get it all, but I honestly, I do think the D's across the board are, are a little harsh with all that said. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think that Lular Morello is as, as bad as Islander fans are making him out to be here. Um, and again, kind of, you know, the, the proof is in the pudding there a little bit. They've been a successful team pretty much all but one year of his tenure. Um, so, you know what? Yeah, he has his warts. He's getting older. Um, do I think, you know, maybe in another year or so it's time for him to step away, hand the keys off to a, a younger executive? Yes, absolutely. No doubt about it. But I, I think I, I think some fans got it all wrong here with, with their grades of him. Um, you know, I think it's just a little harsh. I mean, just think about – I mean, look about the good things he's done. I mean, he's – he extend well, first off, he got Elias Roken over, something that, that he wasn't probably going to do when Garcinel was here. Then he signs him to an eight-year extension the first day he's eligible to do it. Um, you know, he, he's re-signed guys like Pollock and Pellick to good deals. He re-signed Brock Nelson. Um, look how that worked out. So he has done good too. Um, I just think there's a lot of too much negative things from Islander fans here. Um, so that's my take on it. Um, he's certainly not perfect, but I mean, D's across the board. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. Phil. So he made good moves in terms of getting Sorokin back. I mean, he kind of just stagnated though. They've gotten progressively worse this team. I mean, I could see why they, I don't think it's necessarily unfair but i also don't think that it's necessarily deep. like what would you really give them D i mean plus, i think c's I, I think c's i think c's are fair again you know when you look at the large scope of it and how they've performed while he's been the general manager they've been for the most part better or worse a good team that's made the playoffs so to give him d's across the board i don't know i i i mean i just I think that's right, so, a little but, bit but here, Here's the problem, though. Like, like, like I said, like you, you went from a, an Eastern Conference finalist, the team that was one yeah. win away from being the Stanley Cup finals, oh, to a team that missed the playoffs. We'll talk about COVID and all that other stuff. But, again, you, you kind of have to do things to prepare for something like that. And you knew mm-hmm. what the climate was at that time, and you knew that the, you know, that was a, a possibility that you were going to get ravaged. So I, I get where they're coming from. I, I wouldn't give them anything more than a D plus, to, to tell you the truth. I, I mean, if, C minus, I think, is like a little generous to Lou Lamorello, considering the fact that he just hasn't done anything to get them to the next level. The Horvat deal, he gave up his best prospect at a first-round pick, and now Horvat doesn't look nearly as good as he looked in Vancouver, which – I mean, everybody who was talking about that deal said that that was not sustainable. So, I, to me, I, I don't know if he's necessarily ever going to be able to make that deal to bring in that big, big gun that they need, that elite offensive talent, because he just hasn't shown it in his time here. He hasn't. I actually think it's a little bit harsh. Uh, I like the Sorokin extension. A lot because I mean, eight years getting him an 8.25. I'm not so much of a fan of the Mayfield term nor the Ingval term, 
don't like the term for either. I, I don't like the term on either one of them. If you want to get on them about drafting and development, okay, that's fine because the 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 Islanders. I almost said the Rangers because they they haven't done a really a good job with it too. But the Islanders have been bringing in veterans because they were a team that was close. And right now, all the young guys are here. Anthony, I know you mentioned the Devin Taves trade, and that still haunts the uh, the fan base. Devon. Devon Taves. <laughs> Whatever. Bring in Devin Taves, you might as well. Uh, but Devon Taves, the, he's like the Pavel Buchnevich trade. All the fans keep har- harping about it. But I can't help but ask, all right, what were you going to do with him? Then you'd have to give up on Noah Dobson. Then you'd have, there's so many other variables that went into that. You, you needed to make space. And you had to do it. Sorry, you had to do it. And did he land on his feet? Hell yeah, he landed on his feet. He landed next to one of the best defensemen in the NHL, and now he's going to cash in next summer. More on him in the bar talk segment. But you know what? This, I, 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 I mean, I, I, I absolutely agree with what, what Phil is saying. He has, he has, his points are clearly you know valid. I guess for me, I just look at it as like, all right, Islander fans, look at look at A and B. Look look. Look at the state of the franchise as before, compared to when Mark Snow was there. Before, when when the regime was Gar Snow and Doug Waite, and then compare it to when Ledecky and Malkin said enough is enough, and they hired Lou Lamorello, and then he hired Barry Trotz. The the organization is night and day from where they were at that point to to the where they are now. So when I mean, how could given that? How could you really give Lou Lamorello, you know, D's across the board? Certainly, again, I'm not denying he's made he's made questionable decisions. But again, the New York Islanders are once again viewed as a as a legitimate organization that runs like a like a professional organization should. Like, you know, the players respect him. He demands respect out of his players. I mean, you know, everyone needs to come in suits and everything needs to be tip top shape. Yes, you know, right he's here. he's yes, that that in that and that's yeah. true, too. That's absolutely true, um, but Can't again, what, again, it's the fact that Lou Lamar, from where they are before he came to where they are now, is night and day. Yes, if you want to talk about his his trading and and all that stuff, he ha- like I said, he he has his blemishes, he has his warts. But I mean, these, I mean, we're not we're not talking about the you know, uh, I mean, like the, you know, the Buffalo Sabers for the longest time, they were like a complete joke and. You know, the it's it's not like that. It's not a situation like that. So I think he deserves a little bit more credit. Um, but again, I do see why some fans have, you know, obviously talked about him in a negative light. So let, let's ad lib then real quick. What is your confidence level in Lou Lamorello to be able to get that Islander team to the next level in the next three or so years? I mean, I would say... You know, if if you know he were to stay on, obviously not hand and not hand the keys off. Um, I think they, you know, he has set up a nucleus in place of a team that you know can obviously has good pieces to compete. Obviously, you have Sorokin holding that window open. You know, Horvat, Barzell, Nelson, Pellick, Pollock. There's good pieces there. So, my faith in him. I mean, yeah, like what about would, the cap too? You know, yeah. The, obviously, the salary cap is a is a main element of that too. Um, you know, I think this is a guy that's obviously shown he's not, at least not in off season because he hasn't been many trades in the off season. But in season, he showed that he's not afraid to, you know, make a move. Uh, granted, you know, Pajel Palmieri didn't turn into home runs, but he's proved that he's a- that he's ready to take a swing for it when the team is in 
a position where he thinks they could contend. So I'm confident in that I know he'll make a trade if the if the team is playing like they deserve it. If it's going to be a home run, I mean, that's a different story. I would say my faith in him right now uh, is honestly like, you know, 60-40, where, you know, I, I do agree with the naysayers, but I also do think he has a track record of, of being, you know, a really good executive. Granted, he's a little old now, um, but I still think he knows what he's doing. I don't think it's a case of where, you know, not to bring up politics, but I don't think it's a case of like we have Joe Biden here running the New York Islanders and he's half in the bag. I, th- I think he has, I think he has all his faculties and he knows what he's doing. Um, I don't think he needs to be put out the pasture is basically what I'm saying here. <laughs> wow. Uh- <laughs> Um, but, but again, I think Lou, I think everybody's kind of pooping what Lou has done. Lou set the tone for this organization and changed it all around. And he kind of spread out the salary cap among everybody and they take their cue from him. The players aren't given, they, they went from give hemorrhaging goals under Garth Snow and Doug Wade, cause let's include both of them to actually Playing defense, playing among the best. They won the Jennings Trophy for the lowest goals against in a season. And that was with Robin Leonard, who was probably the biggest question mark goaltender that was on the market at the time, and Thomas Grice, a career backup. And they did that. And they were they were phenomenal. And they were able to, to go to the conference finals two years in a row. You get a little bit of leeway from that. Let's say if this plan doesn't work. Because I think that's where when people go D- it, it, this there's no vision for the future. If it doesn't work this year, I think he does work on getting younger and faster. He just believes that the team is just the, it, it, they believe they could play playoff hockey in the regular season. The problem is it's hard to do that for 82 games. Just but guys, I gotta run this one back out of here. Just cause, just because th- this is what we're 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 talking about with just opinions, and that's the Pittsburgh Penguins ranked tenth. Are you kidding me? Kyle Dubas is getting this all from reputation from what? One playoff series he's won in his tenure as a GM? Roster building, A-? minus. Are you kidding? This is the oldest roster in the NHL. One of the most poorly constructed rosters in the NHL. They're going to need wheelchairs. And draft and development? They get a C? Who did they develop? Uh, All right, so the last guy that you've been really (laughs) – point to for development for them would be Jake Gensel and he's way past the point of really citing him as developing. Maybe Brian Rust. Brian Rust? I mean, Brian Rust, if you put him on another team, he's not doing what he does in Pittsburgh. I can tell you that right now. We've seen that with Shiri. We've seen that with Kunitz. We've seen that with so many others that those guys benefit from playing with guys like Crosby and Malkin. Uh, I mean, you're not going to really talk about Kasperi Kapanen with development, are we? No, no, no. And by the way, while we're at it, Phil, A-minus in free agency. You overpaid for Ryan Graves. Yeah, I don't. And vision? And vision? What is the vision of this team? The vision is to try to keep Crosby and Malkin Stanley Cup window alive when it's dwindling and they already have a flawed team? Okay. Yeah, I mean, sorry. This this is where and and if the and the fans and these are the fans that are saying this. You guys, you guys are not. You guys got to be kidding me. If you can, Neil Smith was on with us. Everybody going, what are they doing? 
it doesn't make sense enough about what Pittsburgh is doing. It is it is enough to just make me just grind my teeth just thinking about it. And I don't have a dog in the race. I really don't. I'm not rooting against Pittsburgh. I'm starting to believe what DP is saying here. I really yeah. Am. I mean, look at and yeah, and the Carlson trade. We've talked about this. It's going to age horribly. Will it be good for these next two years or so? Sure, possibly. But it, it, it's it's gotten to the point where Pittsburgh has forsaken depth for top heavy talent. They still didn't address the problem in net. They 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 blamed everything on Tristan Jari. Yep, everything. The <laughs> they blamed everything, and then they brought him back. Shoulders, and they resigned him to a five-year deal of over five million dollars per. How is the vision in A? How? That's okay. That that's okay, Phil. The Florida Panthers have a vision in A, and they don't have a first-round draft pick until uh, my kids are going to high school. And I don't have one yet, so they traded away all of them. Uh, Mark doesn't have kids yet. (laughs) We're not in Back to the Future where we went ahead 30 years ahead in time and Biff Tannen is somehow getting bullied by Mark's son. No, no, no. Or or worse, uh, Futurama where... uh, you're your own grandfather or something like that. But it's, no, I mean, as some of these, some of these grades, look, you want to put the New Jersey devils as the best grade. Go right ahead. You want to say Vegas. Cause they won the Stanley cup. A minus go right ahead. Uh, there's, and the, the devils were sixth. the avalanche. I got some questions there. Uh, I don't know exactly what they're doing. And now their salary cap has come to roost. Dallas stars look great for right now. But it's pretty soon where all those bridge deals are going to come through. The Lightning, right now they're at three. Great job at Julian Breezeball, but that's that's coming to a head right now. And uh, the Canes at two and the Devils at one. I don't have any problems with those. But oh, won't Mark be 90 at 30 years? <laughs> I was waiting for you to see it. See, so, <laughs> you know what? That's what happens when I start scrolling through the rest of it. Oh, and then I miss out. Oh, that's great. Oh boy! Yeah. You don't understand any of these. Any of the, these grades are ridiculous. They're, they're I, tell, you're telling me that. I mean, I get, the only thing I can say why the fans have Pittsburgh as high is because they went out and they got Eric Carlson and they didn't have to give up a lot to get him. Okay, great, great. You forsaking your future to add another aging star who is terribly injury-prone and has missed God knows how much time over the last seven to eight years. Good for you. You're still not winning the Stanley Cup with that. And and maybe that they replaced Jeff Petrie with Eric Carlson. So between Carlson and uh, Chris Letang, they can get one defenseman to play a power play the entire season, I guess. That's what they're trying to figure out. Because both those guys are injury-prone. Yeah, Latang is another one. He he's he's an, he's even older than Carlson is. And also take a guy whose your strength is, and and match him with another guy whose strength. Are, are they're not stopping anybody on the blue line? The only thing I will disagree with here with the Penguins and the Rangers in the early two thousands, and I, I like the comparison. I like where you're going with this, DP. But 
Sidney Crosby is still an elite level talent. That is true. The Rangers never had that elite level talent in the early 2000s. Lindros was supposed to be that after the Mark Smith concussion in December of 2001 in San Jose. The rest of his season was good, but he wasn't the same after that. Nope. So um, it just, I get where you're going, but I think the Penguins have enough star power to make the playoffs. But they're going to get waxed. They're going to get waxed. They're they're, going to get absolutely trucked in the first round if they make the playoffs, which I don't think they're making. I'm not kicking the Islanders out for them. You take the team. Yes. Yeah, but that was too little too late. Yeah, he got there right before their uh, mass exodus of talent at the deadline. I mean, say there had to make that trade. Yager at 50% retained for Anson Carter straight up. How do you not make that trade? Yeah, exactly. And there wasn't a Rico Fada to throw in like there no. was the year before. The only the only guy that they kind of regret losing in those Michael Samuelson. Michael Samuelson. That was the one I was going to say yeah. because the the only other guy you want to talk about in the last couple of years was Marek Zidlicki, but Zidlicki was yeah was the Dunham trade. Yep. Yeah, and it was him and Klocek went I believe in that trade. Yeah. And uh, it you know the Rangers needed a goalie and Dunham was just good enough. Jack was never the same after the ACL injury though. He yeah, he thing before that and he was never the same after. Yeah, it looked like he was gonna be wrecking some people. Uh, trying to kill a couple more minutes, just waiting for Anthony to get back, guys. Uh, but it's it's you know, Phil, I just uh, let's look at a couple other grades that are in here. Yeah, I, I totally agree with Pete there. Uh, New Jersey, Carolina, I think the Rangers would blow the brakes off of them in a, in a series. Uh, I think the Rangers are the Rangers are going to have space to make moves at the deadline. I'm telling you that right now, they're going to go and they're going to get somebody that's really going to help them out. And I think they're going to get a guy that's going to play a high-intensity two-way game that's really going to help that he needs in strength. And that's going to be a problem for teams. I think the Rangers are going to be closer to a line in weeds. Just they're just waiting to strike this year. They're not going to challenge for the division. I think they're going to be a lock for third place, even though I said beer on it last week. Um, I don't think they're going to fall to a wild card. Look at what Florida did. Florida fell all the way back to the eighth spot, and they were the hardest out in the playoffs. And I said the Bruins are going to beat them in six, but it wasn't going to be an easy series. Florida ends up upsetting them, but still. Were there, Phil? Were there any like surprises that you th- you saw on this list? I didn't get to see the whole list, so if you want to go, you want to scroll through it. All right, since, since we and, we got a minute to kill, you got yeah. Devils. Devils at one. Uh, I get it. I get why everybody's high on uh, Tom Fitzgerald, but he kind of got handed the keys to a Ferrari. He hasn't done anything wrong with it. He's made some good contracts uh, extensions. And some trades. So, okay, I get it. I understand it, even though I don't think it's all completely his work. Shiro laid the groundwork there. Get back to me when Dawson Mercer's contract comes up. I agree. I think that's going to be a test. But I I get why the fans are high on him. I get why the public would look at him. But, again, I think it's easy to do that when you step into that situation where you don't have handcuffs at all. Yeah. So you have that one. Dallas Stars, they were in a good situation. Uh, but again, they got their bridge deals that are going for a little bit longer. 
again, this a lot of these organizations because they hit on yeah, their drafts. I'm, I'm, I'm with Pete on this one. Tampa Bay is way too high. I don't like what they've done. They've lost a lot of their talent. They continue to lose talent every year. They lost Palat last year. They lost Kalorn this year. They lost Eric Cole. Um, they kept guys that they shouldn't have kept. Ian Cole. They, 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 what did I say? Oh, okay. So, you said Eric Cole. Uh, oh, it's wow. Ian Cole. Wow. That's a bad one. Uh, no, yeah, that's all right. Cole. They're not related. Yeah, I know they're not related, thankfully. But, um, <laughs> you know, Tanner Janot, that trade was freaking terrible. That that was awful. You gave up that much for a guy whose best year was a 20-goal, what, 40-point rookie year? So, Yeah. By the way, how do you how do you have the Vegas Golden Knights with a C minus in drafting and developing? This is literally a team that had one player that they developed. Yeah, I, I was about to say I don't I don't understand how they can get a C minus in drafting and developing when they they traded away all their picks. Yeah, except for if you want to say Riley Smith and Jonathan Marcheseau, the Misfits, Carlson. But that, that's not drafting or developing. That was just that's just trading. Yeah, I mean Riley Smith and March so were already players. You want to say they developed uh, William Carlson? Hey, that's a different Brody, story. At least mine was an actual NHL player's name. I was thinking about Carolina because I was talking to Pete apparently. So yeah. All right, so you have Florida right here at seven. Uh, we're gonna go up to the, the Buffalo Sabers. I gotta hand this to. Kevin Adams. I think he's done a great job. Uh, all jokes aside on him from what he had to deal with the first few years. Uh, but I, I actually think that there is positivity in that fan base. Seattle Kraken, Ron Francis, another good job. I got to agree with some of these scores. We're going to get to number yeah, 10 I, again. I, I think Francis should actually be higher than that. I think he's done a really good job with Seattle. Um, I think part of, I think another thing with it. I think the vision should probably be higher. If you ask me, I think that should be an A. Um, cat management, uh, great. You know, he he passed on a lot of higher-priced players that he could have taken the expansion draft, like Tarasenko and so on. He passed on a lot of those guys to get lesser-named players, and he's done really good with them, like everybody – I remember because we, we were like Vladimir Tarasenko, Vince Dunn over Tarasenko, and then and now Vince Dunn has a sixty-point season. Do I think Vince Dunn will replicate that? Probably not. It's Probably really not. No. Put up sixty points as a defenseman in uh, today's day and age, but I mean, roster building has to be, I would say, higher than it be. I would say an A minus for Francis. I mean, he he has gotten lucky to the point where. A lot of the players that he's brought in, like like Vince Dunn and like Jared McCann, guys that you didn't expect to have 60-point season or a 40-goal season, he's lucky that those guys have produced the way that they have this year. So I get why it's not an A-plus or even an A, but an A-minus would still be pretty fair for roster building for Kraken. I, I got to have Francis in my top five. I don't well, know. And, and again, how much of this has to do with the fact that Dave Haxtell, he's putting together a great second act, Phil. Yeah, I mean, and that's another thing. That would, to, to me, that goes, the coaching for me should fall into vision. And yes. Or, or a combination of vision and drafting and developing because that's that's what your coach is brought in for. So for, for me, I, I like that. 
Um, I do like Dumoulin replacing Susie. I get that Dumoulin is not a top pairing guy anymore, mm-hmm. but neither was Susie. And if you don't, if you don't get somebody to replace Susie, like that's not nearly as good as Dumoulin. Maybe that team isn't as good, but Dumoulin can probably play on a second pairing role. So I do like the Dumoulin ad there. Um, I do agree with not let, with letting Sprung go though. What were well, they if they can if they could find another Daniel Sprung and bring him in, different story. Then, then uh, you're looking at Ron Francis as a genius. Then they're like, okay, we don't question Ron Francis. He knows what he's doing. Like you want to talk about this, the Minnesota Wild number eleven. So you have cap management. Look, I, I go with both both sides on this. The fans giving them a B plus and it's a C because you can't help but say the the. Cap gymnastics. How is cap management a B plus for Minnesota when they have fourteen million dollars in dead cap between two players that aren't playing for them? That was what I was going to get at because they're doing a great job getting around that fourteen million dollars of dead cap space, but they also did it to themselves. That's what. So Phil answered that before I could say it right there, everybody. I, I mean, and, I, I get it. And okay. and Brock Faber looks to be pretty good for them, Philk. Yeah, uh, I was very high on him when he was with the U.S. Junior Team. So yeah, I, I definitely I, I I get that. Yeah, but, I mean I know Cliff Fletcher was there for a bit and kind of screwed things up, and that's why he's not there anymore. But I mean, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, don't worry, he didn't screw up the Philadelphia Flyers at all. So, <laughs> oh, sorry, that's Chuck Fletcher. Sorry, I mean, wrong one. Uh. Detroit Red Wings at 12. You look at them. Then it's LA Kings. LA Kings, I like You can't say roster building when the goalies are completely just sits. That's not going to work. But of a lot of the rest of these uh, these totals, I'm okay with. Um, Montreal Canadiens, I like their direction uh, that they're going in. I said uh, the low Fletcher there. That's on me. I just realized I said Cliff, not Chuck. Oh, you said oh, oh. So I was right. It was Chuck Fletcher. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is what it feels like to be vindicated. Can I ask you a question, uh, Philk? Um, does the does the Blackhawks change in your opinion if Bedard's not there? In uh, cap management, yeah. you're tied to Seth Jones for. Ever right now. Yeah, but they don't really have anything to worry about otherwise, cap wise. So I mean, you can't really. Tr- yeah, I don't like that Seth Jones contract. I think it's terrible. But um, I, I just I, I don't think that. Yeah, I, I I could definitely see that dropping. So, if there was no Bedard, yeah, yeah, I. We're going to talk more about these guys later. But, like, it's, like, at the same time, their prospect system really isn't, like, great if you don't look at – if you don't look at this year's draft, it wasn't great beforehand. So, uh, I get this year's draft influence a lot. So, I'll I'll, I'll probably – I'll try to attribute that to the what have you done for me lately syndrome. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Ottawa Senators right here at 17. We're going to talk more about the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Pat Verbeek at 18. I think he's done a sensational job this year. 
for Beak, I like what he's doing there. He's going in the right direction. He probably should be higher. I I don't think um, I, I I don't think he should be that. Go back up to the Anaheim one. I want to see it. You got it. Yeah, I roster building for me. I would give them probably a C plus, maybe a B minus. I, I, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll give them, I'll give them a C. I'll give them a C because I, they're definitely holes in mm-hmm. what they have, but they're a young team and they definitely need a little more muscle and some more defensive help. Go stay there. Oh, sorry. Um, drafting, developing, they, they should be an A. They're, Tell you right now, you you add Leo Carlson to Mason McTavish, Trevor Zegers, Troy Terry, Jamie Drysdale. That that core is insane. Lucas Dostal. If John Gibson wasn't there, Lucas Dostal would probably be starting, and he'd be a pretty good starter. They're very high on him, and for very good reason. Trading. They haven't really done a whole lot trade wise. I mean, if you want to look at the Raquel trade and say that they didn't get enough back, I guess. Um, I don't agree that he wildly overpaid for Kalorn and Gudis. I, I, I think he just overpaid. I, I think he overpaid to the extent that any general manager has to overpay for a free agent. I, I wildly overpaid. No. Kalorn had a big year and he was going to get that from anyone that signed him. No matter what anyone thinks, because when you have a sixty, a twenty, almost a thirty goal and a sixty-plus point season, you're gonna get banged, even though you're really like a forty, maybe a fifty-point player. So, contract year. That in the middle of going through the entire list, I realized some of that's behind a paywall, so they might, uh, they might have problem with that. Hopefully, not the case. So uh, I have, I have subscription. Yeah, so do I. So. I mean, but not all of our viewers have that. Uh, well, I mean, it's technically on our. Technically all right, I guess I, I guess that's true too. Yeah. Again, by the way, everybody, Big Apple Hockey Trucker hats are available. Check them out. Uh, click the link below, and yeah, you can see you can see the one that the lovely Phil is wearing right there. Uh, we're actually gonna speed up. We'll we'll do some bar talk right now. Uh, we'll do our message from DraftKings, and uh. Hopefully, Anthony will be right back with us in a moment. Hockey fans like the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Shot. This is the easiest I've ever to answer. Let me say beer. I can't even begin to describe 
I'm actually gonna go crazy. I'm gonna buy everybody around on this one. Welcome back, everybody, to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we're gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. You're so confident you're gonna buy everybody around. So, so, I'll just have a beer and, uh, you know, I just need a shot. Just give me a shot. And more to the layup talk. Oh, come on, dude. Sometimes the layups are 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 needed. That's where it is. So, and of course, Bar Talk is always sponsored by Drizzly. Why go to the liquor store? We can have somebody pick it up for you. Beers, beers, white claws, whatever you want to do, wine, or of course, liquor. Have them bring the whiskey to you because sometimes you just need somebody else to drop the drinks off. Click the link below. Make an account. Uh, Philk, I'm going to do the Rangers one first. I actually, I had the Islanders one slated and ready to go. But I want to see Anthony here to, to see the reaction when I give it because I'm going to start it off. But the last time in an 80-game season where he played uh, a full season, Blake Wheeler scored under 60 points. It was... 2010 and 11. He was a member of the uh, the Thrashers and the Bruins back then. So that's to tell you how long ago it was for him. The Rangers should expect 60 points out of Blake Wheeler this season. I'm going to say Beard just because I, I don't know where he's going to be used. Is he going to be a top six winger? Is he going to be the third line winger? It, it, that, it just depends on where he is. And you know what? If Blake Wheeler ends up being a top six winger and he storms back and has like a 65, 70 point season and starts shutting people up, then you know what? That's great for the Rangers. That means they're, you know, their right wing depth is going to be decent. But again, I don't know where he's going to be used. So I'm, I'm just going to go with beer. Yeah, I got to go beer too because I got to wonder where he's being used because it does sound. Like a lot of things going around Rangers talk is that they're going to be handing over the keys to Lafreniere and Kako. If that happens, it means less uh, ice time for Blake Wheeler. And then that might hurt. But if he ends up being the, the right wing on that power play, taking over for Ryan Strom slash uh, Vinny Trocek. And he's, and he's the guy on the right wing boards and Kreider's the guy in the middle or the bumper. Well, you know, Kreider should be the guy in front of the net, not the bumper. Yeah, but. or I watched your video on that, on those projections, and like you said, they they look lazy. They they look that they, they went look, incredibly lazy. They were. We're gonna get to one of the ones that they they mentioned. Oof. That's unbelievable. Chris Kreider is gonna get what they said on there. Chris Kreider was gonna get uh thirty eight points. Thirty seven points, stupid. He had thirty seven goals last year, like. Are you, do, you, do you guys watch the games? Or are they just – Are they just? Uh, let me guess. Is Jack Hughes getting 200 points then? Like, because usually when you when you make stupid if, numbers if, if one way. If he made it, then yes. Then, then, then the Rangers players are all going to suck and the Devils players are all going to be great because we're yeah. nothing but a troll. Yeah, come on. I mean, look, I, you can't be a troll about everything. I mean, I at least think – look, I'm hammering the Eric Carlson trade. I at least still think he's putting up 60 points. So, oh, doubt. yeah, on that team. Moving on. Uh, speaking about some of the Devils players, 
Uh, we we did a take your pick segment. We're going to be doing that again in a little bit. But we had take your pick, and it was who was going to get more goals uh, last uh, next year, Mika Zibanejad or Brock Nelson? And a third name to throw in there, Timo Meyer. He had 40 goals last year. Mika Zibanejad had 39. Nelson had 36. Timo Meyer will score more goals than both Brock Nelson and Mika Zibanejad. I'm going to say beer because I could see it, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, I, I mean, he's more of a, 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 play, a goal scorer than he's a playmaker, and he's going to be playing with some pretty good playmakers. So he's not going to have the defensive responsibilities of, of Nelson or Zibanejad. But if you ask me who has the better shot, I'm putting Zibanejad, Nelson, and then Meyer. So I, I, I think that um, – I think Zibanejad, if anything, is the best goal scorer of them. But I could see Timo Meyer finishing with more just because I think he's going to be more of a shoot-first guy out of any of the three. Uh, I got to agree with that one. I think it's going to be um, – I think it's going to be Zibanejad. Uh, sorry, as my, my mouse just stopped working. I think it's, it's going to be an interesting situation for uh, all these guys. Is Zibanejad's – one timer is on. Forget it. Yeah, for, you're, yeah. you're looking at forty-five to fifty. I would say forty to forty-five. I mean, I don't think he's going to have fifty again, just because that that twenty twenty season. We got to remember, he had a five goal game and he had several different lengthy goal scoring streaks. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I definitely think he could hit forty plus if his one timer is on again and he's not moved from that spot. And again, that that spot is a great spot for him. And the funny thing is in that season, we were talking about it just now or a couple weeks ago, he, he, he played the bumper. He didn't play the, the point where Panarin was, he was in the bumper. So it's going to, uh, that's a combination of both that year. Yeah. So, uh, I, I do like Timo Meyer at, at a full season with the devils. So, uh, no, I'm going to say round. I'm going to say round. He does it. Uh, I think Mika Zibanejad can give him quite a test. If Brock Nelson scores 40, the Islanders are a much better team than they were last year. I'll tell you that. I'll let uh, their other players produce, yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking about a guy that had an, an, a less than productive season last year, Johnny Gaudreau, he had 21 goals, 53 assists, 74 points in, uh, in Columbus in his first season. This is a whole different Columbus team that they're going to be having over there. Johnny Gaudreau will be the highest scoring left wing in the Metropolitan Division. Shot. I, I, I don't. I don't see him finishing higher in scoring than Artemi Panarin or Brad Marchand. I still think Marchand is going to score like ninety points. I, I, I just think it's a matter of whether or not he gets the center help that he needs to have Boston be competitive, but I don't, I, I definitely don't see him finishing ahead of either of those two. Uh, yeah, I, I gotta say, no, there's, there's no way. Uh, so I'm going to go shot with that as well. Fucking, um, it's, uh, it's, it, it's hard to see that he's going to be ahead of our Timmy Panarin, and uh, does he beat a Jesper Bratt? Because uh, I think Bratt's 
Bratt's the left side over there. I yeah, I think he's going to score more than Jesper Bratt. Yeah, that's and I don't think Jesper Bratt is going to oh the Atlantic. No, yeah, yeah. Well, well, still Panarin. Still Panarin. Panarin's still going to have a great season. Uh, but I thought he meant East, but whatever. Yeah, no, well, still in the East, it's still like uh, a good amount of left wings. I forgot what actually um, Stutzla is getting listed as. So um, he's a weird one. They list him as technically as left wing and center. Yeah, uh, but now they're listing him. I think only as one thing now in fantasy. So it's going to be interesting on that. Filk, the Bruins have two goaltenders that are signed through the end of this year. Jeremy Swayman to 2024. He's going to be an RFA. Linus Allmark, the defending Vesna Trophy winner, signed till next year as a UFA. The Bruins should use either one of those goaltenders, Allmark or Swayman, as a trade chip to get a top six center. You saw the NHL Network video from Mike Rupp, didn't you? Actually, that wasn't me. This is one of Anthony's topics. Okay, so then Anthony saw this. Yeah, so Anthony definitely saw what Mike Rupp was saying on NHL Network. Um because that's what Mike Rupp suggested, is that they should trade one of those two goaltenders. Um, I do agree with it. I don't think that Winnipeg will make that move unless they had a deal lined up for uh, Connor Hellebuck. Because Hellebuck's out. If you ask me, Hellebuck's out. Here's the question. You go and deal for Jeremy Swayman, or you deal for Linus Olmark, you know, are... Is Omar going to stay in Winnipeg if they deal for him? I mean, I, I would imagine that Boston would rather deal Omar and then just keep Swayman because of, you know, contractual um, stages. But I don't think that Jeremy Swayman is someone that Boston wants to deal. Again, I mean, if they can get Mark Shifley and Boston could keep Mark Shifley, maybe that changes things. But again, you, you, now you got to worry about you know Connor Hellebuck in, in, in Winnipeg, but, but could Swayman play behind Hellebuck before Hellebuck's dealt? I guess I guess that that gives Winnipeg some leverage, so maybe that's the route for them to take. It's um, it, it's oh by the way, what was your answer on that? Was that a beer or a shot? Uh, uh, I'm going to go round actually. I think they okay. should do it. I, I think they definitely should do that. It, it's, it's a matter of whether or not that's, that'll actually happen. My problem is this, Philk. I'm going to actually go round on this as well. It's which goaltender do you think, if, if I said this to you last year, so let's take that season completely out of the mix right now. I asked you which one would you go with, Allmark or Swayman, at the start of last year. Who would you pick? At the start of last year, probably Allmark, just because Swayman was even more unproven last year. Right. Do you think Swayman is kind of proven right now? And if you're telling me a 24-year-old that's an RFA versus a, uh, I think I had Allmark as, he's close to 30. And granted, you could say Allmark's coming into his prime. He's a late bloomer. I think the stock is as high as it's ever going to be on Allmark. Go get a good a good center for him right now. Yeah, I, I just wonder if other teams take a look at that season and say, hey, this guy might be a one-year wonder. Does anybody remember Jim Carrey and how good he was in 1996? 
and then how bad he was after. Yep. That happens. Yep. Roman Turek, 2000, 40-game winner, Vezina candidate. What did he do after that? Yep. Roman Czechmonic, Vezina candidate in, what, 2000 <laughs> and 2003? Fell off the map after that. Yep. I bet nobody remembers him playing with the LA Kings. So that's another thing. Because he was was dog duty there. Yep. And I think he was out of the league by the time the lockout came. Yeah. Uh, Speaking about guys that are going to get a substantial pay raise. First off, you look at the Devon Taves. I said it right, everybody. Filks, number 11th defenseman uh, in the league right now. And he is a UFA in 2024. The Avalanche won't be able to afford Devin Taves, Devon Taves next season. I'm going to start this one, Philk. Nope. They ain't going to be able to afford him. I'm buying around on it. And I got news. I think I, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say this. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm right. Hopefully I am because I like to always be right. But uh, this time... They have, they have to trade him. They gotta, you gotta move him, move on from. Him. You got Bowen Byram that's playing behind him. That's the reason. That's the way you stay relevant. You can't just keep paying everybody. You have to keep recycling in young talent and keeping the star players on your roster. So I think that I think they're gonna have to move him. Yeah, I think he's gonna command an upwards of close to what Makar is getting. Um, and another team will likely give him that. I, I just, I have trouble seeing Colorado keeping him. I think they're going to be far worse off without him unless they can get somebody that can come close to that level. Byram will get to that point, I think, uh, sooner than later. But they're losing considerable depth by losing him. So, yeah, I, I get it. I understand it. I, I think they should deal him, especially if they struggle. And no, I don't think he'll be a Ranger because I don't think they'll have the cap space to do it. What? All right, so we'll go, go around for that, but I'm going to go with again. Are you? What are you smoking, Cor? There's no chance. He's an, if, if he's a New York Ranger, then I'm a New York Ranger. They, they already have enough cap problems. There's no way they're getting Devontae's. Yeah, how are they going to get Devontae's and Adam Fox and Ke'Andre Miller all under all under the cap? And then eventually, Braden Schneider is going to need more money too, especially if he continues his upward trajectory. And granted, it was a little bit more of a plateau last year, but still, Phil, a guy that I'm high on every single year, uh, and we know Anthony is, and I know you are, Karel Kaprizov. 40 goals, 35 assists, 75 points in 67 games. He was my MVP before the season. Unfortunately, some guy named McDavid just kept scoring. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov with the highest scoring forward in the Central Division. Wow. Um, okay. Ooh. Uh, I, I'm going to say beer because there is a possibility that it happens. Uh, he's going to have one guy he's really going to have to contend with, and, and that's Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon is one of the three best players in the league probably right now. Um, maybe maybe four if you want to stretch that. 
but Nathan McKinnon is the guy that I would have to worry about in that scoring race in that division. And Miko Rantanen? Uh, no. No, not Miko Rantanen. I'm, I'm sorry, but Miko Rantanen is not the guy to take Kirill Kaprizov's spot at number two. I can tell you that right now. I, and I like Miko Rantanen. I think he's very good. Underrated player. But Kirill Kaprizov already has a 100-point season under his belt. Miko's got 105 last year. Yeah, he got he got 105 last year, but Kirill Kaprizov did it with less talent around him. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, and I gotta, Phil, I gotta agree. It's just it's just gonna be a beer for me. The, but I am gonna cite Miko Rantanen as a guy that's gonna get more points than him. Here's the thing: Kirill's got to be healthy. Um, and it wasn't his fault last year. I think it was a collision that cost him uh, 18 games. Yeah, uh, sixteen. It, games, it was the player games. like falling on top of him. Yeah, and everybody held their breath. And Minnesota was real good at that time. There is just not as much talent on the Wild as there is in the Avalanche top six. Uh, I, I, I gotta, yeah, you gotta go, you gotta go. Uh, that he, he's not gonna be number one, but it could happen. It could happen. Because and and again, look, I, I as I said before, Bill Guerin's done a great job managing that team, even though he put themselves in cap hell with those penalties. A guy that did a great job, I think, right now with his team, Bill Armstrong. Bill Armstrong's extended by the Coyotes today. Uh, I didn't see how many years. Did you see how many years it was, Phil? Uh, was it four? Could be four. Bill Armstrong has the Coyotes. Ready to ascend in this in the standings. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna buy around on this. I have this weird feeling that Coyotes are gonna be the team that everybody's gonna underestimate this year, and they're gonna be a lot better than what they think. Like everyone is gonna get surprised by them. So it's uh, it's just. Uh, I, I I think that I I think their roster makeup is real good. I uh, I love uh, Cooley coming in. Uh, they're they're young. They're hungry. Now you throw in Jason uh, Zucker, who's really a good player. And I know every. By the way, I always hear it's called. I always hear him pronounced Zucker, not Zucker, but it, I, it, it's Zucker. Yeah. Oh, it's Zucker. That's how I've heard it. Okay. Jason so, Zucker. yeah, I feel like we're sometimes arguing like the how to pronounce. It, it's, it's almost like semantics, basically. <laughs> but no, I, I love the I love I'm starting to love the Coyotes a lot more going into that division. And I think that Mullet Arena, they're they're an above 500 team. They get to close to 500 on the road. They might be a playoff team. How do you not look at this team's roster and not get excited for the future? Mm-hmm. Um, rounds all around here. Keller, only 25 years old. Schmoltz, if he stays healthy, I know he's 27, but if he stays healthy, he's a good player. You brought in Zucker, 31 years old. Lawson Krause is young, can give you some physicality and some jam, 26 years old. He's got some skill and some jam and some grit, toughness. He can fight. Matias Michelli was up for the Calder. I mean, you got Barrett Hayton, who looks like he's finally turning the corner. Then you talked about you know, Logan Cooley 
but you didn't even talk about Dylan Gunther. Mm-hmm. And Dylan Gunther, I, I think he's going to be one of this team's three best players in the future. And you just you, you added I, their draft picks this year were a little questionable. I thought they reached for Daniel Foot, but um, I, I I can't help but liking what they already have at the NHL level in terms of you know relatively young talent. And a combination of that and their pipeline, and it, it, it looks really promising going forward. Because if Logan Cooley pans out to be the player that I think he's going to be, that team is going to be an absolute nightmare in that division going forward. Yeah, because and I think they they definitely can be. So, and we got Anthony back. So, um, that they 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 could be a real. A real team that could start making some noise. I'm not going to go crazy and say that they're going to go do what Seattle did last year because that is a little bit crazy to admit that. But this team, I, I think they're they're poised to start making some moves and not being a bottom feeder. Anthony, what do you think? Bill Armstrong's got the Coyotes ready to ascend in the standings? Yeah, sorry about that. First day of school, my mother-in-law popped in to talk to Elle to see how it went. So, um, yeah. But uh, totally fine, Anthony. Um, no, yeah, the, the, the Coyotes made a lot of good moves. Um, I mean, from Dumbo to Dursey to Zucker, uh, they had you know, they had a lot of good pieces. Their lineup, Kerfoot's another veteran. Um, when you talk about some of the better young players they have, like Kate Clayton Keller, um, you know, Logan, don't forget Logan Cooley signed, he's gonna be pro. Um, Hayden starting to kind of rind into his own. And then Jordan Smoltz, who's been hurt in and out of the lineup, but when he's in the lineup, he produces. So, um, yeah, the, 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 the Coyotes have a, a good thing going right now. So we'll see if they can eventually get over the hump, but they're going to be significantly better than they were last year. Sorry, I had to answer a message. I'm having some plumbing problems in my apartment. Um, he's getting cameos while we're, while yeah, we're yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, doing cameos actually while it's happened. Um, but you look like you're like totally in the dark though, and yeah, Anthony's hitting the lights on that right now. There we go, there we go. All yeah. right, yeah, basically, he, he just said a lot of what I just said, so yeah, I mean, this and the funny part is, uh, I, I, the, the we haven't even mentioned the defenseman who's going to be up in a few years. Uh, Shimashev? Shimashev, yeah. I thought he was a bit of a reach where they picked him. I, I thought so, too. I thought Matvey Mitchkov was I, I the guy they should was going there. If you told me that Mitchkov was going there, you know what, though? Honestly, what that tells me is that they wanted Reinbacher. They wanted Reinbacher, and they wanted a defenseman, and they thought that he was going to be available. Because if you would have added Reinbacher to that team, oh, man, that looked oh, I, real good. I like Reinbacher. I think he's going to be a real good player. Um, and I, I actually think that, um, I actually think that Bill Armstrong said that defensemen like the ones like Sim, uh, Simashev don't con- grow on trees. Go get him. Yeah. I mean, he's talented. Don't get me wrong. It's just, I, I, I just think that he was a little bit of a reach there. So we'll, we'll see what happens with him though. Mm-hmm. So Mike, did you uh, did you do um, the? No, no, I was so trying to. I, I was trying to wait for you for that. Make sure you're here for All take right. your pick. All right. All right. Yeah. I gotta, so gotta, gotta, gotta get the little one for bed too. School. So. <laughs> I, uh, 
Uh, no, no. Hey, Anthony, look, you're you're the daddy, so I'm not gonna know how it, how it is to be doing all that and and still managing to put up a podcast that everybody loves. By the way, everybody, thanks for coming in and saying the good, the good words over at Croakers. Uh, you got to juggle all these things. I mean, folks juggle, folks juggling is nine to five job and I'm all over the place as well. So, you know, you are, you're the last person that needs to ever have to explain it. But, uh, guys, thank you very much for the big apple hockey bar talk. We're engaging our topics, our, our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. See, there you go. You didn't stutter right there. Let's, um, do a little take your pick with some of our impulsive reactions. Calm down. Get a hold of yourself. Do you want another phone? Chill. Simmer down now. I'm freaking out. I always love it whenever he can simmer down now. So, <laughs> welcome back, everybody. We're doing uh some imp- some impulsive pe- or reactions. Just take your pick. We're just gonna go with what our guts say right away. As we're gonna fire out some of these scenarios. Phil, I'm starting with you. Who is going to score more points this year, Steven Stamkos or Austin Matthews? Settle down. Pitter patter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going Matthews. Uh, it's it, he, Matthews had a down year last year. I think he's going to score close to 100 points again. Uh, I I like Stamkos. I, I just think that Stamkos is trending that way, even though he had a 100 point year. Um, crazy to think that he would be trending down after that but he's getting older matthews is in his peak years go on matthews anthony yeah you know what um as you see here only separated by one point um but i'm gonna go i'm gonna go matthews obviously he's younger um you know i think stamco is still a great hockey player you know i think it two years ago at over 100 points last year 80 something 86 or so still really good but um, I think Matthews is obviously the better player. Um, and again, age is on his side. I, I think he's going to have more points than Stamkos. Let's make it a hat trick, guys. There's the three hats. And it's going to be Austin Matthews because the first career 100-point uh, season uh, for the uh, for Steven Stamkos came two years ago. Hard to believe. I mean, his first career 100-point season was only two years ago. Uh, I, I love the way he's producing and he's still producing at a high level, but no, I'm going to, I'm going to go with that. It's, it's going to be Austin Matthews. I think last year was a little bit more of a blip contract is behind him. He's going to be starting to try to live up to that contract because sometimes contract years will do that with guys where it'll give them a nice little kick in the ass. Speaking about which Anthony, here you go. This one's for you. Who is going to score more goals this year? Jake Gensel or Chris Kreider? So as you he, as you see here, um, Kreider's got him a little bit. Um, I think there's no question that Gensel's the more in terms of like you know scoring with a good wrist shot. Gensel you know has has Kreider in that direction, but Kreider um, you know is much better in front of the net. He's more physical, gets to the net, uh, has an easier time, uses size doing it. Gensel's, you know, more perimeter, using that wrist shot, snapshot to score. Um, I mean, if Gensel plays at Crosby and really clicks, Gensel has the potential to score, you know, 40. He has already in his career. Um, But I'm going to go, yes. uh, I'm going to go Crowder. I'm going to keep the trend going. Um, I think Crowder, 
edges him by a little bit. Gensel can also be sometimes a little bit injury prone. As you know, he's going to be out uh, the beginning of the season with an injury. So obviously I think that could play into it. Uh, so I'm going to go Kreider. I'm going to go Kreider here and stick with that. Phil, what do you think? I'm actually going to go Gensel. Um, I, I just, the Kreider, they both had 36 exactly last year. So um, that's kind of crazy to think about, but um I just think that Gensel has a big advantage playing with still someone who's still one of the top five best playmakers in the league, hands down, in Sidney Crosby. He's still just an amazing player that's going to score 90 or so points a year at this point. So for me, it's Gensel. I am the biggest Chris Kreider fanboy that you could possibly find, guys. Mm-hmm. We I have been, that. I have, I have got, I got his jersey from. Uh, the first summer that he was a New York Ranger, I I think I wrote an article like 10 years ago. Along came a Kreider after his first playoff uh, playoff game-winning goal. He That was his second goal of that playoffs that he scored. The first one, uh, I believe, gave the Rangers the lead versus the Ottawa Senators or put them up 3-1, uh, to one, I think it might have been. That being said, guys, this is Jake Gensel. All day is a Jake Gensel. He is going to be going into a contract year next year. He puts up 40 to, let's say 45 to 50 goals, and he's the guy that works best with Sidney Crosby. He is going to get a big payday, so much so that I guess Kyle Dubas will uh, resign him to way too much money and be named for the Jim Gregory award for some reason. I don't know. Or at least according to the fans, I, I, I can't understand that one. But... And again, music's part of the problem with him is that Chris Kreider plays away from the puck. It's not that he plays with the puck. So bounces don't go your way. Mika's advantage. Now, by the way, Mika's advantage has success could be a problem. If Mika's advantage has hit in the back of the net, Chris Kreider has nothing to deflect. So that hurts him too. All right. This one should have been the one for Anthony. I should have moved the other one down and I should have had to answer this one. But who is going to have more assists this year, Matt Barzell or Nico Heischer? And I'm going to go Matt Barzell on this one, guys. I have a feeling Matt Barzell is going to be back. You remember last year when he was basically a point per game with assists without scoring a goal? And then he plays the Rangers and scores his first goal of the season. And then it's like all she wrote on that. I, I think I think Barzell is 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 going to get closer back to being an offensive force this year. If they put him on the wing, I, I think the better part for him is center. He's too good of a skater. So I'm going to go with that one. Anthony, I'm going to go right back to you for this one. You know, this is this is really tough. Um, as you can see here, it's close. Heeshier edged him out last year, but he played in, you know, 80 or 81 games. Barzell missed a lot. So I think if he was healthy, um, it might have been a different story. So, um, you know what? I, I'm going to go Barzell here, but I think the margins might be really, might be really thin. Um, you know, Heeshier might not playing with Timo Meyer. Um, you know, Barzell probably play with Horvat and Lee on the other side, uh, two goal scorers. Um, and you know, passing the puck is, Bar- is Barzell's forte. He's much more of a passer than he is a shooter. He's creative. He's a good playmaker. Um, but I mean, Heeshier is really good too. Like I said, this, this is close, but I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go with Barzell just because I think, uh, you know, as is, he's a ready, 
just as good of a playmaker as Nico Hishier is not even a little bit better. So I'll, I'll go with Barzell here. Falk, which one do you think? I think Matt Barzell is actually the, the decidedly better playmaker. Uh, for me, it comes down to the line mates, and that's why I'm going to give it to Hishier. Uh, Hishier's probably going to be playing with Timo Meyer and Dawson Mercer. And that's a pretty damn good line. That's going to be their second line. It's not even their first line. That's their second line. So that's going to allow Jack Hughes to play with Jesper Bratton, Tyler Toffoli, likely. And that's just going to be a disgusting top six. Not only that, but Jersey overall has more offensive talent in their forward group. I, I, I just think that their power play is also going to be lethal. And that's probably – Hishir is going to be on – power play one in Jersey. So not only that, but he's probably on penalty kill one in Jersey too. Probably he might even be might plan to play more minutes than Barzell. And with Dalton Mercer, who is pretty yeah. lethal shorthanded. Yeah. So I, I just, I don't think it's I, like I said, I think Matt Barzell is the better pure playmaker. I, I, I just, I, I just think that he's got less around him to work with. And that's where he sure gets the edge for me. Can I just throw this one out there? Can you imagine a line of Jesper Bratt, Nico Heischer, and Tyler Toffoli? I think I think you're gonna have you would have top lines squirming at the idea of playing against those three because they would lock them down and then they'd lock them in their own end. Like that would be a very nasty two way line. Any thoughts? Toffoli's not a burner, so he doesn't really good defensive player though. Is what I'm getting. He's a decent defensive player. He's not gonna. He's not great. He's not gonna hurt you though either. I mean, he played for Daryl Sutter two different locations and seems to thrive under him. So I, I, I will say that. But I, I mean, it could be a pretty good line. Just throwing that out there, Anthony. Yeah, I mean, it's all three, all three good players. Um, you know, Tafoli, you know, not exactly, not really the fastest skater, but could still, you know, hold his own defensively. So, yeah, so, I mean, it's all one. All right. Well, like I said, I just figured I'd throw that one out there. All right, guys. Uh, Phil, going to go back to you. Who is going to score more goals this season? Brock Besser, 41 goals the last two years, or Andrew Mangiapane, 52 goals? Phil, take your pick. Wow. This one's probably the toughest one for me that I've seen yet. Um, wow. For me, I wonder about Mangiapane bouncing back and scoring like 30-plus goals again. I'm not sure if it's really possible. I wouldn't rule it out because Sutter's gone now, and you know I think Huberto is going to be unleashed. But Besser just can never stay healthy. The more better natural goal scorer is, is better by far mm -hmm. easily. But I, it, for me, it comes down to health and it comes down to consistency. And, and Mangiapane is the guy that's going to give you every night. He's the type of guy that you watch him and he elevates everybody else's compete level because he's just honey badger. I don't give a, you know what, and mm -hmm. go and we'll dig in the trenches boards down low dirty areas it's all andrew mangiapane's game so i'm i'm gonna go with mangiapane but like you said before with that playmaking margin anthony very slim in the goal scoring margin here i think anthony what do you think 
So I think one of the reasons that you see like uh you know the the difference here between Majipani's Besser is one Besser's you know inability to stay healthy and also the fact that Majipani scored that career high 35 goals two years ago. Um, I think it's closer than those numbers show. Um, but I, I, you know what? I'm gonna stick with Majipani too. Um, you know Besser, you know he had that really great rookie year, challenged Matt Barzell for the Calder. Um, you know, since I really don't think he's been the same player. Um, he, he really needs to stay healthy, put it together consistently. I think Majiapani, while he may not score 35 goals, I think he has the ability to score, you know, 28, 29, 30. Um, whereas Besser right now, he has the capability of doing it, but he needs to prove again that he could get to that level. So I'll say Majiapani. I got to go Manjipani as well. Uh, there's an expression in baseball, speed doesn't slump. Well, guys that go to the net tend to not slump. Manjipani's going to go to the net more than Besser will. Besser, he had his first season, 29 goals. And I thought this kid was just going to be, he was. I thought he was like Patrick Laine light with how good his shot was. And then it was 26 goals. And then a pair of seasons at 23. Other than that, like Phil said, he can't stay healthy. He, you can't get consistency out of him. So I, I, I got to go Mangiapane because at least he was trending in that direction. All right, Anthony, who will score more points this season? Devon Taves or Mira Heiskanen? Look how close this one is. Um, you know what? Um. I'm going to go with Devon Taves. Um, I think Devon Taves is, uh, I mean, just as important to the Avalanche as I think a guy like Makar is. I know it sounds crazy, but I think Devon Taves is really that good defensively. Um, you know, remember that, you know, some when he compared to Makar, Devon Taves defends better, um, and he also has really good skating ability. Not to love Makar, but important is he could do both. Um, I like his all-around game. Um, so far, you know, in Colorado, he's been a 50-plus point defenseman. Uh, so I think for him, that's a baseline. I think he could maybe score a little bit more. Um, but like, I mean, like I said, this is really, really cool. You could certainly make the the, the case for Miro Heiskanen too, who was phenomenal last year. Um, but I, I'm just kind of going with my gut here, quick off the cuff. Uh, and so I'll stick with Devontae's, but if it's Heisken, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all. He's fabulous. Phil, who do you think? This is, this is a really, really tough one because Devontae's, for me, could probably score 70-plus points if all things go right. Miro Heisken did that last year. But being somebody who follows the stars somewhat closely, I will say that Miro Haskinen has been working on his shot this offseason. And for a guy that scored 70 points last year and is, for me, one of the true elite defensemen in the league, that's a scary thought. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with um, – Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go Miro Heiskanen uh, because I, I just think everything is pointing up with him. I don't know if it's pointing as highly up for Taves. And you always got to – McCarr is the lion's share of the guy. He's the guy that 
a lot of the offense and the power play runs through, not Taves. So for me, I, I, I got to go Haskin in here. I am absolutely kind of stuck at the moment. I'm going Haskin in because what I'm trying to figure out is which guy is going to be more motivated? There's the reports coming out about how Haskinen really wants to win a Norris Trophy this year. Yes. So that's one of the reports that's coming out right now. Taves is in a contract year. So which one is going to motivate the other one to perform better? I don't know. I'm act- I-, I have to go Haskinen because I think the ceiling is higher on Haskinen and he's going to have more responsibilities. Taves is the one that's probably going to be expected to play a little bit more defensively and let McCarr go do his thing. So McCarr might get some more points out of that. But it's not to say that uh, Devon Taves is a slouch. He's fit with what Colorado does like a glove. I have him ranked just outside of my top 10. Yeah. So, I mean, that tells you something. You have an almost defense pairing in your top 10, just outside your top 11. So that says something. So I am going to go uh, Mira Haskinen because I just, I, I'm scared, guys. 11 goals, 62 assists, 73 points, a plus 12. And this kid has not, like, really found that Norris Trophy level that we're expecting him to. If he's got another gear, that that's going to be scary for the rest of the NHL. So, and lastly, which highly regarded... Bleh. Which highly regarded rookie goaltender will have a better season? Uh, Devin Levi? It is Devin Levi. I know that. <laughs> or Yaroslav Askarov? Guys, everybody is always... T- I've heard the hype for Askarov all the way going into it, the, the moment he got drafted. I think it's going to be Devin Levi. I think Buffalo is going to going to give him the, a little bit more support and i think he's going to be i think he's going to be more impressive cuz he's going to have more of a workload askarov i think is going to be sheltered by uc soros the, they might bring him along a little bit more slowly so even though uh, cuz you always heard about askarov he was the canadian uh sorry the russian uh carry price the other way around i'm sorry about that one but uh so and I, you wonder if he's going to be able to live up to that right now. And also, by the way, Carey Price had Yaroslav Halak in that net, so he didn't exactly get that net right away. So I think Devin Levi is is potentially going to take the Buffalo net. Bill, what do you think? This is the easiest one all day. It's it's Levi, and it's I don't think it's really close. I think I look at Nashville's team, and I say, what what excites me about that team? Ryan O'Reilly, Philip Forsberg. What what else is there? I mean, their defense on paper looks great, but they weren't really that great this year. Um, UC Saros is the number one guy there, and he's one of the top, I would say, five goaltenders in the league. So I don't understand. I don't even I, – I don't think they're in the same stratosphere right now, Levi and Skarov. Anthony. I'm going to go Levi, too. Um I think he'll probably play more because obviously Nashville, UC Saros is definitely the guy. Um, however, Nashville, Nashville's a better defensive team than than Buffalo. I could see Askarov 
ended up actually end up having a better like say save percentage and just less games played um than levi but i think overall i think levi will will have the better year um but i i still i still think there's askarov can you know rise to some of the hype that he got i mean he, he hasn't barely what how many games he played in the nhl like very very like few um so i i i think eventually i think he could be one of the better goalies in the league um i just think he's not really gonna get much of a chance this year one playing game. behind saros <laughs> one game yeah so yeah. he's predominantly been in the american hockey league um but i think this year for sure he's gonna be the backup there um but like i said this is levi's year but with a caveat though like i said i, I could see scenario where askarov has a has like a little bit of a higher save percentage just because he plays in front of a better team defensively. Is Askarov is uh, is Askarov going to be doing more push-ups with the net? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. No. I. I. If I'm the coach, I'm going. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Don't ever do that again. Because <laughs> I could, I could just imagine that falling off out of his glove hand, and the next thing you know, he's out for four weeks. <laughs> so, all right, guys, thank you very much for joining us for uh, the Big Apple Hockey's Impulsive Reactions. If you have some questions now, we're going to do some Q&A before we do some Puck Doku. And, um, and I've got a bit, a bit of a situation at my other apartment because <laughs> this is usually where I record everything, but I got a situation going on over there. I'm going to have to break off sooner than later. Um, Same. I got to leave soon. Yeah, so let's start with the. Does anybody have any questions you want to go with right now? Just go right to the Yeah, we'll go right to the puck doku then. Um, we'll kind of do puck doku and then you know we'll filter in some questions while we're doing that. Yeah. All right. This was a good one today, guys. I uh, found it to be kind of pretty interesting. We have uh, right here. Uh, let me get the uh, the banners off Anthony's face so that way we could see that. All right. So what did you guys have for uh, some of these? All right. So um, for the three teams played in its career and the Blackhawks, I had Brian Noonan, former Ranger. So did I. Um, There's Tyler, Tyler Anderson. Tyler Anderson's a good one. That's a name that not many will remember played for the Rangers, but they'll Jeez. remember him with the Blackhawks. Um, I, I, do, I don't remember Tyler Arneson at all. Yeah, he was. it was the early 2010s with the, the Rangers. Um, I had Chris King for Rangers and Blackhawks. Okay. I had Rod Buskus for um, Chicago and Pittsburgh. I had Glenn Murray for Pittsburgh and L.A., that's and, a good one. Yeah, and, and that one was surprisingly very low for what he was. Um, Mark Hardy for Rangers LA. That's a great um, one. I had Eric Lacroix. That's a real good one, too. Um, I had Jimmy Carson for LA for three teams played. I had, um, and then, I had the, the first guy to play for the Rangers, Devils, and Islanders, Pat Conacher. Pat Conacher, yeah. I had, I had Doug Crossman for three, for three teams played for LA. That's a good one. 1987 Canada Cup gold medalist. Um, For Pittsburgh, uh, Arizona, I had Mike Stapleton. For Rangers, Arizona, I had Norm McIver. 
And then for three teams and Arizona, I had Gerald Diddick. So did I. I had Gerald Diddick too. I went Damon Lankow for the three teams. (laughs) You're doing good, Mark. uh... Did you know you're dating Josephine the Plumber? (laughs) Uh, What? Josephine the Plumber? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Jay Lewis. So, so Jay, the the goal with these is to find somebody who's not as – well, you no. want to go as little popularity as possible. Yeah, possible, and 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 by the way, this is the hardest working, most attractive plumber that there is on the planet. So <laughs> I just want to say that one. Um, so I think for, uh, Sean Avery's a little for, bit too high. Maria, I'm expecting with... you to dress up as either Mario or Luigi now for Halloween. Holding so why, you to. Why don't you? Why don't you start with uh, Arizona? Three uh, three teams. Three teams played career. Um, All right. You, um, you could do, you know, what you could do. Deron uh, Quint. Yeah, you could do that. You could do that. You could also do Bob Essenza. I would well, do Deron but, Quint. Deron Quint's going to be a more obscure name. Tim Shovel Day. Shovel Day would be another one, but that's a more well-known name. I'm telling you, Deron Quint would be a, a, a really good one. We'll do it. All I right. Mean, he's an Islander too, Anthony. Yeah, I'm gonna try Deron Deron Quint in the private window, and let's see how that goes. Zero point zero. So yeah, we gotta go Deron Quint. Hold you, baby. Hold uh, gonna be I, I think our two choices were pretty good on those, Anthony. I'll check those in a minute. Um, three teams played for the L.A. Kings. So for the Kings, I get go. Um, Go Mark Fitzpatrick. He played for the Kings his first year in the league. Um, only 17 games. I don't think uh, many people remember Mark Fitzpatrick as an L.A. King. See, I Corey, actually – Corey Millen would be a good one. Check check Fitzpatrick on the private uh, – I, I already did, Patrick Anthony, and Mark Fitzpatrick wins. What, a 0.0? Flawless victory. Yeah. Oh, zero shit. Zero. Uh, three teams played for the Blackhawks. Steve Hines is actually a good one from Jay Lewis. That would uh, three teams for Blackhawks. Uh, Trent Yoni. Trent Yoni. Trent Yoni is zero point zero. All right, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> two for fucking two, baby. Let's go. <laughs> oh, All right, um. Okay, a ranger and a, a coyote. Now, the one I used today was Nigel Dawes. So I used Boris Mironov. Yeah, Mironov was uh, – I used Norm McIver, but we can't use that. We can't use Peter Pruka. He's 1%. So we, what we, about, have to be, we have to be under 1% then. Okay. What about Brad Isbister? Brad Isbister would be a good one. I would. Brad Isbister, I love Brad Isbister. Let's try that one. That's going to be a good one. It's because I'll tell you what. Another guy would be Derek Morris. Derek Morris will be more well known. I'm telling you right now. Brad Isbister point zero point zero point one percent. So we're going to go Brad Isbister. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, I wonder how. um, Uh. Helberg and um, Nielsen, Andres Helberg and Ulf Nielsen would have been on that. 
Okay, L.A. and the Rangers. They didn't play at the NHL level for for the, the Jets. Oh, that's right. That's they were right. WHA, so that's not going to count. They'd be incorrect. All right. Um, I got 0.1% for Shane Churla. I like Shane Churla. That would be a good one, yeah. I, right. uh, I don't think you're going uh, other, to. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, Nathan Lafayette would be another one. Steve Weeks. Steve Weeks is another Steve good Steve Weeks would be a good See, one. Let's go with Churla on this one. We'll go with Churla. Because right. yeah, we know because it's 0.1%. We're still on uniqueness of zero of <clears throat> under there. Yeah. I just checked Steve Weeks was 0.12. So either one you couldn't have gone. Yeah, wrong. Okay. I, I like it when we can't lose, boys. Rangers All right. Rangers, Blackhawks. Black we had Brian Noonan that was right there. Brad Brown. Brad, Brad Brown? Brad Brown, easily. I use Stefan Quintal, who was 0.1. Quintal, yeah, but Brad Brad Brown, I'm telling you right now, will give you probably 0.001. Anthony, do you have any, like, relatives that, like, spit at the ground when they hear somebody's name? Like, because I know it's a sort of Italian thing to do. That's the way I feel every single time. Every single time. I hear Stefan Quintal's name. No, you know, who, you, know who, you know who pisses me off? Sylvain Lafave. That was oh. a no. I, Mark, oh. I used I used Kin, I used Quintal. I I used Quintal. I told you, Brad. Oh, Brown, all right. Phil was saying. I was all right. Brown, dude. Oh. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Well, Brad Brown was. By the way, guys, they're both point one percent. So that's it's not the end of the world. All right, let's fill in Blackhawks. Now, for this one right here, I used Matthew Barnaby today. You guys. I, I used Greg Johnson, who was 0.0. I used Ron 0. Muscus, as I said before. Um, All right. So, Pittsburgh Black and Hawks Chicago. And yeah, but, Phil, the way Quintal said, oh, I'll give uh, back the money if I can go back to Montreal. Shut the hell up. Come back and play a better season. That's Anybody that, wimp, that wimps their way out, I just want to just – just slap them. Blackhawks and Penguins. Uh, Taylor Pyatt was not a bad one, Jay. Um, Ian LaPerriere would have been good for L.A. For I LA, think that would have been a good one, too. Yeah. I think I'll, I'll check been... how much that would have been worth. All right. Um, what about Kevin Miller? Yeah, I, I I think he might be more Kevin like uh, for, oh, Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I I was I, I was thinking Blackhawks Rangers. So you're not doing that. You're doing the we're uh, doing the Chicago Penguins side. Black. Yeah. Uh, hey, hey, oh, you know he actually he he played he played for the Penguins too. Kevin Miller. Yeah, he, he was uh, yeah. on their, their on their team in '96. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, Kevin Miller. Yeah, Kevin Miller would be a good Kevin one. Kevin Miller. By the way, Ian Lapierre would have been 03 percent. Okay. So we're going to do uh, – you want to try Kevin Miller? Try yeah, Kevin try Miller. Kevin Miller. I always remember Kevin Miller as a Detroit Red Wing. And, boys, blue. we're going Kevin Miller on this. I remember so. as a blue mostly. Are you guys, are, are you guys ready for this? And uh, Kevin okay. Miller. Boom. Nice. 0.0? 0. 0. Oh, yeah. yeah. So far, we're at, a, we're at a point two so far. So how about that? Uh, let's see here. Um I LA used Rob Pittsburgh. Brown. Yeah, I used Rob Brown for LA and Pittsburgh. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I would go with Rob Brown. No, I used actually, him. Actually, I, hold I on, hold on, Rob hold Brown. on. 
Rob Brown, they'll you know Robert Lang is too much that they'll they'll know Robert Lang. Um, well, I tried Marty McSorley. He's one percent because after all, he's the guy that they traded Tomas Sandstrom for. Um, Tomas Sandstrom would actually be a really good one here. I think I used Tomas Sandstrom today, so we're gonna. Uh, have to how think much it's- was it? Uh, he was uh, Tomas Sandstrom was. I think he was a. He was a one percenter. One percent. Okay. So yeah, him and McSorley tied at one. Um, while we're thinking about Glenn, that, what do you guys got for Pittsburgh? Glenn Murray, versus, but I think, I think Glenn I Murray used Glenn Murray. Like a one, oh, I, used, I used Glenn Murray was point like 3%. Right. How about Rob Scuderi? That'll be a more well-known one. He's recent. You got to remember recency bias. Yeah. And two, two Stanley cups. Um, uh, I just wondering. I think Jay Lewis might have one here in uh, JF LaRue. Yeah, Scuderi was going to be a 5%er. Um, or, hold on, no, let me go get that LaRue one. No, I th- wait, hold on. I uh, know, hold on, because I don't think he. No, he played Chicago, but I don't think he played Pittsburgh. I'm, not, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I want to verify that, but. Well, what was the um? Who was the big guy that played for Pittsburgh in uh, the mid nineties? The big guy. That's yeah. Be a little more specific than that. <laughs> Ninety six. I want to say it was Larue too. Yeah. Uh, uh is it Francois Larue? Was that who it was? No, it it, it not. It, it's actually not correct. I, I Joseph, because I was curious. And Joseph Stumpel never played for the never played for the Penguins. No. He, yeah, I think I think some of these guys are looking at the the color icons on Hockey Reference and they're getting confused. Yeah, purple, no good. No, it's it's the black and yellow that they're getting confused on because they're thinking because Joseph Stumpel never played for Pittsburgh. I can tell you that right now. I think he might be no. thinking of Joseph Veranek. Because he played for Pittsburgh, I think. Uh, what was that guy's name? Uh, that that guy's going to kill me now that I can't remember his name. Yeah, it was Francois LaRue. No, that... Yeah. And he played for the Senators, the Penguins, and then the Avalanche. He started with the Oilers. <coughs> that is not it. <laughs> I don't think uh, Morozov played for the Kings. Morozov never played for the Kings. No, he just played for the Penguins. Yeah. It's the only team he ever uh, played for. I don't know where he's getting Morozov and the Kings from. Mm. Uh, let's see. Alexei Morozov? Yeah, it's that's definitely not the Kings. Yeah, no, it's not the Kings. Uh, I'm, and I'm, I'm looking at J.J. Daniel, who's seen the play for everybody except for uh, except for the two teams we have left. Drake Barakowski, is that? No. No. Hey, 
Pittsburgh and L.A. Pittsburgh and L.A. Uh, well, how about this? Uh, wait, Phil, where'd you use Norm McIver? I used him for Rangers and Arizona. Because he's the, available for Arizona, Arizona and Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would use him there then because I don't think anybody's going to remember him there. They don't, and... remember, they don't remember him in general. I used... I use Freddie. Use McIver there. I would use McIver there. That's probably going to give you nothing. That's actually yep. Point zero one. Yeah. So let me go back. Let's put him in right now. On the right one. Hey, you know the name I would go with is uh that Norm McIver. He's a real good name to have on there. Yeah. So L A and Pittsburgh. Damn. L A and Pittsburgh. Jim Peck. Wow. No, he, I don't think he played for L.A. I do think he might have. Pete's just like us. He's remembering Sega Genesis hockey. Yeah. he's. Re oh, no, he did. He did. He, he played did, for yeah. L.A. for a very brief time in 94. Pete's yeah, right. I would do, I would do yep. Jim Peck. Jim Peck. Let's go check that one more time. Guys, if we can get to a 0.0% 0, 0, uh, 0 uniqueness. That's a new one. Jim Peck, 0.3%. Nice. All right, here we go. So we're going to be zero. All right. So I got to I gotta sign up. I got ready for bedtime for school. I'll uh, I'll see you boys later. Sorry. Yeah, I'm going to get going, too. We're gonna probably just going to wrap this up here. And there Sorry we go. I pulled away a bunch of times today. No, it's okay, Anthony. I mean, it's what life has to do, especially yeah. – uh, we did have that mini guest appearance from Ella and <laughs> yeah, so yeah. we saw her wave and, uh, it's funny because I was cutting the Ray for our video where she made her first actual appearance on big apple hockey yeah. and, <laughs> and even Ray was saying, ah, oh, let her in, let her in. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Right, I'll see you guys later. All right. Take it easy, Anthony. Have a good one. Later. And, uh, we're going to start. We're going to start the um, uh, goodbye right now because also just to let you guys know, some of the shirts have come in and they'll be sent out right now. Um, Jeremy, if you're still on, I'll be sending yours out on Friday. Uh, and we got a couple of prototype Big Apple Hockey jerseys coming in. Uh, I will share them with you. I did not do all of them like this. I tried. One of Steven's suggestions, and I think I have another one you guys are going to like. So we're going to check those out. Um, Phil, you got somewhere to go, and I've got a, I've got a plumbing situation to go tend to uh, myself uh, with the most darling plumber in the world. <laughs> and uh, hopefully, hopefully no... Not as bad of a situation as I, as I thought it was. So, uh, Bill, by the way, I still have not finished Tears of the Kingdom, and I'm probably not going to for at least a, maybe another week. I think I want to get a, more Koroks but, uh, and finish the side missions first. So, uh, still want to do that because I hear a great... I, yeah, I saw your tweet about how it's an epic ending. Yes. Definitely an epic ending. You will like it. Yeah. So, season's coming up, guys. Uh, we're the next next week. We do this. We're gonna be only a couple days away from 
preseason games. So, can't wait for that. Who's going to have a better season, Phil? The Jets or the Giants? I'm going to say the Jets just because I think they're the most complete team in the NFL on paper. Um, I, I think their receiving core is maybe the one area that they may need to add something to, but their defense is great. Their secondary is great. Front seven's good. Um, their offensive line, if that can stay healthy, is one of the better ones in the league. Um, you obviously got the quarterback now. They've got two phenomenal running backs in Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall. Robert Sala is a pretty good coach. I think they just the only teams they got to worry about if you ask me in the AFC are, are the Chiefs and the Bills. Yeah. Giants are going to fight for their division. Um, their I think their defense is going to be one of the better defenses in the league. I think their offensive line, even with John Michael Schmitz, who I think is going to be an absolute stud for them at center, I think needs some improvement. Uh, the wide receiver court, if Jalen Hyatt can come in and make a big impact, that that's going to make them a hell of a lot better of a team. So um, I, I do think the Giants definitely need some help in the secondary, though. I think safety help, they might need a little bit of help. If I, I love Xavier McKinney. I just wonder where the safety help is after that. Cordell Flott, maybe. I mean, that corner. The, I mean, their cornerback situation, I like Deontay Banks a lot. I think that was a steal of a pick. Uh, but again, pass rushing, they just, they add Isaiah Simmons for nothing. That was a steal. So um, I, I do think the Giants are going to have a really good year. I think the Giants can be anywhere from a 9-10 to 10 win team. I think the Jets could be a 12-plus win team. I, I said the Jets 11 and six because they are in a tough division. Yeah. Um, I wonder if Miami is going to be any challenge for them. Uh, in all honesty, I've already told my friend Chris. I'm, yeah, told my friend Chris I'm paying him 60 bucks. Their defense Usually. is really not great either, if you ask me. But. Yeah, and Jalen Ramsey's out until December. Ah. And Tua is going to be completely ineffective. So, especially because I look, we've already been through. I'm not a Tua guy. But he's not going to be healthy, so what's just get ready to move on from? Maybe he kicks, maybe he kicks the health bug, maybe finally. But you know, the queen of ball should be the king. So, uh, and uh, I, I was, I would ask about other teams, but none of us really care about basketball. I, the okay. Knicks, I, hopefully, the Knicks have a good season. No, I like the Knicks. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be a good team this year. So. Yeah, I mean, the Nets got to bottom out again. Awesome. What a great system basketball has. Feels like yesterday when the Nets were no good. All right. Guys, everybody, thank you very much. We're going to upload the audio podcast uh, for us right now on this. Look for more shorts. And we got a lot more coming. Even in the archives, they're all coming out right now. So get ready for that. Thank you all. Have a great night. And look for us to possibly be doing this on Tuesday nights. So get ready for that. We'll see you soon. Take care.